Um, my name's Davy. I'm married to the lovely Anne, who was standing there singing just a few minutes ago. I'm blessed. Um, we've been coming here for about nine years, and we love it. It's great. It's a great home. So if you're new, hang about, because it's great. It's great. Um, would you come, Holy Spirit? Would you come and be with us, Lord? Fill us up and speak to us. Open our hearts, open our minds. Help us hear your voice this morning, Lord. Would you please listen to this description of a familiar scene from a man's life, a man that we know. I must have passed out. The first thing I was aware of was a loud thud that tore at my hands. Instinctively, I pushed my feet to take the weight off my hands. The pain was unbelievable. I wanted to scream, but my mouth was too dry. I tried to take a breath, but I could only manage a gasp. I was dizzy. Gasping for breath, I could hear my heart drumming frantically in my chest, and I could hear some voices, some laughing, some crying. I slowly opened my eyes to see some blurry shapes, and I remembered. I remembered why I was here. My eyes closed. I licked my lips, and I whispered, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. Over the next few weeks, as we head towards Easter, our talks are taking some direction from the last seven words of Jesus. And um, this week, we're starting with the first words, the first of those seven. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Today we're looking at forgiveness. So I do forgive Ricky, I think. <laughs> we'll check that out in a wee minute when I work out how you do forgiveness. But in some respects, forgiveness is what Christianity is all about. The forgiveness of sins. Christianity has it as very centre. The atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ for all our sins so that our relationship with God could be restored. Forgiveness is about relationship about restoring broken and damaged relationship. Today we'll look at what God's forgiveness has done and what forgiveness can do to us and through us. And I don't know if, like me, you sometimes think, oh, no again. No, they're looking at the inside stuff, feelings, motives, behaviours, we just did the whole emotionally healthy thing for weeks. <laughs> Can we not just have some interesting facts? <laughs> some cultural insights. Some teaching on the original meaning of the Hebrew. Or even just some rules. Can we? No. <laughs> we can't. It's a vineyard. <laughs> and we're trying to be like Jesus. And that means we need to look in a bit. We look out, we look in and we look in to look out. We're going to look at three aspects of forgiveness. First, we're going to look at God's forgiveness. 
and what it means. We're going to look at forgiving others and what the scriptures say about that. We could maybe chuck in a couple of rules in there. And last but not least, we're going to look at forgiving ourselves and what we do with this forgiveness, how it works, why we do it. So what about God's forgiveness? Is it a one-time act just for Christians? For every single sin they've ever committed before salvation and after salvation? Is it for before and after? Do we need to repent and confess our sins every single day? Yes, and yes, it's all true. Here's some facts about salvation. Everybody sins. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But if we read on, we see everybody can be forgiven. It goes on to say, All are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came from Christ Jesus. The penalty for sin is death. Romans 6 says the wages of sin is death. But if you read on, it says everybody can be born again. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus died to pay the penalty for our sins. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. So yes, the forgiveness of God is a one-time act. It's a one-time act for our salvation, for the rebirth or regeneration of our spirits, of our dead spirits, for our redemption. And the word redemption, chucking in a wee bit of word stuff here, redemption is a financial term. It's one way to think of what Jesus did for us. It's a loosening from a bond. It's a setting free from captivity or slavery. It's buying back something that was lost or sold. That's the language. It's exchanging something in one's possession for something possessed by another. It's paying the ransom. In Matthew, Jesus says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Acts says, Repent then. Turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. Our sins are wiped out. The debt's paid. Forgiveness is a choice made by the party who the offence was committed against. Redemption is a release from the consequences of the offence for the person who committed the offence. Jesus is our redeemer. Our debt is cancelled, is wiped out. Our consequences are gone. Jesus bore every single one of them on the cross. It's a one-time act. It's an act of love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Think of it as a marriage. Our spirit is joined, it's married to God's spirit. And God doesn't do divorce. God doesn't do divorce. Paul tells us in Romans, do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? No way. Not trouble, hard times, hatred, hunger, homelessness, bullying threats, 
backstabbing and not even the worst of the sins listed in Scripture. Nothing can separate us. He goes on, I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today, tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way Jesus, our master, has embraced us. God is head over heels, fallen in love with you, with you, with Hughes, with me. And there's nothing, there's nothing we can do about that. Nothing we can do to stop God's love. This is the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's good. Our spirit is restored to God. We have relationship with God. In our marriage to God, is it a marriage of love and trust? As from Him, is it filled with rules? Is it distant? Is it full of betrayal and pain? What kind of marriage do we have with God? How do we choose to behave in this marriage? As Paul asks in Romans, shall we go on sinning? We know we're forgiven, so should we go on sinning? Just because we can get away with it. Just because God's forgiven us. No, is the answer. And what about this? Jesus says in Matthew, for if you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. How about that then? If we've got a one-time gift from God, what's that about? It's about Christianity. Our spirit is restored to God. We are justified by the one-time act of Jesus. But it, that's not the end. That's the beginning. It's the beginning of our relationship with God. It's the beginning of our life where we live like Christ, where we try to live like Christ. We're expected to forgive. That's what Jesus is telling us there. It's not a rule, a command or a threat. It's a fact. Jesus is telling us a fact. If we don't forgive, we grieve the Holy Spirit, who's our connection with God. And if we grieve the Holy Spirit for not forgiving, we put a distance between us and God. We've entered the kingdom life. We've entered a relationship with God. But every sin distances us from our Father. That's what Jesus is telling us there. He also mentions forgiveness in the prayer he taught us for our day-to-day -day relationship with God. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgiveness is central to Christianity. Not just at the beginning, for the whole of our lives, it's central. And just as forgiveness of God is about our spirit, these ongoing acts of forgiveness that we're expected to do day-to-day are about our mind, they're about our will, they're about our emotions, they're about that aspect of ourselves. They're in our realm. God doesn't do this for us. We've got a role to play here. We have to take the act. So yes, we need to repent and confess our sins just as often as we need to. Not to remain saved, 
but to have the best possible relationship with God that we can have and to have the best possible relationship with yourself, with your wife, with others. We need forgiveness in our lives. To have abundant life, we need forgiveness. Think about your marriage and your friendships and what a spoiler unforgiveness can be. Or, maybe better, think about what a healer forgiveness can be. And I've written constantly reminds me that I have to forgive her. It sounds, doesn't it sound great? <laughs> maybe it's not constant, right? But it happens occasionally. She says, it's in the rules. It's in the contract. You have to forgive me. Right? And that can be a wee bit annoying. Right? <laughs> Especially if I'm in a huff at the time. Right? And I don't want to come out of my huff. I'm in my cave, leave me alone. The shell is totally closed. But I love it. I love to hear those words. Not at first, but I love it. And I love it because it restores a relationship. Not always immediately, but it restores and it heals. And for me to function, to be happy, to enjoy my life, to go to my work, I need to have a close relationship with my wife. I can't do without it. If I'm not getting on my own, the rest of my life isn't great. It's true. Does that apply with God? Does that apply with God? Yeah? Is it easy to forgive? To forgive Anne? Of course. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's easier than others. Anne gave me a compliment a few weeks ago. Because a wee while after she'd been slightly off with me, if you can believe that, right? She asked if I'd forgiven her. And I said something like, don't worry, I've forgotten all about that. She was impressed. I was chuffed. I'm feeling, ooh, I can do it, right? She asked me again a couple of hours later. Because she's like that, right? <laughs> right? Have you still forgiven me? Right? And I had, right? And she asked me that because sometimes the heart creeps back in. Sometimes you need to forgive more than once. Even within a short, you can forgive, and five minutes later, somebody might say something again to you, I don't know, but, and, it, and suddenly, what you're forgiven, you can pull back out your pocket really quickly. You need to address it again and again, or I do. That was an easy one that day, but forgiveness always requires some level of sacrifice. For me, it's often about my pride. My feelings are hurt. Sometimes I don't want to forgive. And if it's someone that I don't like, I like Anne, so I want to forgive her. Right? But if it's someone I don't particularly like, I can quite enjoy holding on to a bit of unforgiveness because it justifies my attitude. It justifies the fact that I don't like them. See, that's why I don't like you. Because you said, right? You're laughing at <laughs> You recognise that in yourself, maybe, I don't know. Right? But I, just, I can justify my acts by my unforgiveness. Sometimes the strength or the depth of an offence makes 
forgiveness unconceivable. At the breakup of my previous marriage, I couldn't speak to my ex for about seven years. I was angry for seven years. Not surprisingly, it didn't do me any good. Bitter and twisted come to mind, but you've heard the one about forgiveness or unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. That's what I was like. I was that person. Not too bright. Eventually I met God and I began to realise that I had a part to play here. Not only in the forgiveness, but actually in the breakup of the marriage, I had to take some responsibility for what happened. I needed God for that. I couldn't do it my own. It was a journey. And even when I was writing this the other day, I still found a few things in my heart that uh, were sitting there. I've still got a way to go. So how do you know if you're holding on to unforgiveness? Relationship is affected is one of the biggies. Relationship with people, with God. We avoid people. We deny the truth. We're bitter. We gossip. We have bad thoughts. We might have bad dreams. We're angry. And the big word is we're resentful. Resentful is a big clue. And forgiveness is about love. It's an act of love. And if we don't forgive, how can we love? We're called to love one another. We're called to love our enemies. We're called to love the world. If we don't forgive, if we don't forgive our wife, how can we love her? Right. So what is forgiveness? Um, what is forgiveness? Short form, forgiveness is the release of resentment or anger. Simplistic. And it doesn't always mean reconciliation. We don't have to return to an unsafe relationship, for example. We're not God. God forgave us everything. He forgives us everything. But he's God. He returns to relationship with us, even if it's a dangerous relationship with us. He'll come back. We're not God. But neither do we want to be drinking poison every day. Poison's not good for you. <laughs> Sounds kind of sensible, doesn't it? Right? Don't drink poison. <laughs> One lady I know told me a story about her divorce. She was in an unsafe, abusive relationship. And one thing a marriage needs to be is safe. After her initial separation, she was scared to forgive. In case that meant she had to go back into that abusive situation. She prayed and she asked God to help her forgive. To give her the love that she needed. And the love that she should have for that person. While all the while fearing, what if God sends me back there? In her story, there was no reconciliation. But the love that God put in her heart for that man meant she didn't gossip, she didn't blame, and she was freed for her anger and her resentment. She was set free. Forgiveness affects our spiritual 
health, our mental health and our physical health. It's been shown to elevate mood scientifically. Scientific research shows that forgiveness lifts our mood. It enhances optimism. It guards us against anger and stress, anxiety and depression. Yay. Carrying hurt or anger leads the body to re release stress hormones, adrenaline and cortisol are firing through our system and stopping the flow of these stress hormones is one explanation about why forgiveness helps us to feel a bit better. And God knows what he's talking about when he's telling us to do this. Science is catching up and noticing, that, oh, hold on a minute, God's right here. Forgive, it's the way forward. It's the Don't drink the poison. There are some scenarios, though, that are so traumatic, so painful, that to forgive in them, you need some guidance. It needs to be carefully guided, sometimes by a professional. Jason mentioned some counselling services we're in touch with, like links. Um, and if you need anything like that, if you've got some real trauma, real hurt, and it's very difficult, we can point you to somebody. So how do you go about forgiving someone? How do you forgive someone that's wronged you? What steps? We're getting to the four-step ministry point now. What's the time? I'm still within my minute here. We're all right. It's a shower minute, yeah. And, well, I was going to interrupt the sermon. Sorry. Good job. This next phrase will require some forgiveness. But there's very rarely a week goes past here without Liverpool being mentioned. <laughs> I won't say anything else. So, so for those of you who are Liverpool fans, you can begin to put this in the process. Now, how do you forgive someone? You can become aware. The first step is to become aware of your anger. Your anger. Oh, it's gone again, Ricky. Is it? No. Become aware of your anger or your resentment or your strong feelings. It sounds like an obvious place to start, but there are loads of reasons why we don't realise or why we don't want to accept that we have something that needs dealt with. Somebody might say to you, what's wrong with your face? In Scotland, they might say that. <laughs> that might be a helpful word from a friend. And it might lead you to notice that there's something going on in the inside. Right? That's one way. Maybe ask God to show you, is there something going on inside me? God's pretty good at revealing the secrets of our heart. He knows our heart better than us. The second step is to make a decision to forgive. We begin by acknowledging that ignoring or coping where the offence doesn't work, it's poison. And forgiveness might be a better option than drinking poison. This is the beginning of sacrifice. Believe it or not, that's the start. This is sore. Just to take that step, I am going to forgive. It's sore. And like any pain, we want to avoid it. We're conditioned, we're human beings, we're conditioned to avoid pain, we don't like it. So to take the step, put a reminder in your phone, tell a friend, Take some action, write it in the wall. Do whatever you need to do to get started and realise that you're going to be a beneficiary. 
We then need to cultivate forgiveness by developing compassion for the person. It, it sounds drawn out, but this is, these are the steps that if you Google how to forgive, it'll tell you. That's what I did. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you can hear the truth in it, yeah? Cultivate forgiveness by developing compassion. You need, because the guys that I don't forgive, that I don't like, I just don't like them. And I find it really hard to forgive them because when I think about them, I think of the things I don't like. And then I'm reminded of the things, the offences that I've taken. But if I pray for them and I ask God to show me things about them, if I think about their lives, their situation, the difficulties that they're having in their life, because everybody's got difficulties, it opens a wee bit of compassion in my heart for them. God's love, maybe. God's compassion. God loves that person that I don't like. And the final thing we need to do is identify and release those emotions. If you can name them, name them. And notice how this has maybe changed your heart, changed your attitude towards someone, changed your behaviour, changed your face. Maybe. And if they haven't changed you, maybe you need to go back to the start again. Some things take time. It's not, it's not a one-time act. This is ongoing. This is Christianity. This is life. And it's good. And you're the beneficiary. Yeah, this is about life and life in abundance. It's one way to get it. How do you forgive yourself? When I was thinking about this, I became aware that sometimes it's easier to forgive others and than it is to forgive ourselves. And why is that, I thought? Why is that? Why do I even think that? And I think it's because I know myself a bit, yeah? We know ourselves and we can be hard on ourselves, maybe harder than other people are on us. People can be kind, but... Our internal dialogue that goes on in our heads, we're the only people that hear it. So we've, we've, we can be as harsh, we can say the cruelest of things to ourselves that we don't say to others. There's no one there to witness the expression. There's no one there to witness the breakdown of our relationship with ourselves. It's not always evident. We can be really hard on ourselves. So it's important to take responsibility and ask for forgiveness. But when we feel intense guilt or shame, it can make it difficult. And the steps in taking the steps in forgiving yourself are the same in some respects. We need to become aware. We need to be aware of it. We need to make a decision. We need to cultivate, pray for ourselves, cultivate that forgiveness and identify and release. But there's a couple of other wee points about because it's ourselves, it's slightly different. We need, we need to ask for forgiveness. We need to acknowledge that we're at fault, take some responsibility for the hurt that we've caused. Sacrifice and pain. We need to take time to reflect what actually happened. What forces were in our control? What was out with our control? We can tend to ignore all the facts and focus on our feelings, the shame, or pain, but to 
to get the whole picture, we need to look at the if, if it was somebody else, we tend to, we're more aware of the whole picture. We can see what happened. But we ourselves, because our feelings are so strong, we can ignore the facts. It's not about denial or blaming other folk, it's about the truth. Learning from our mistakes, avoid repeating them, is one of the actions of a Christian. We need to learn as we go. And maybe we need help to do that. That's where confessing to one another helps. After reflecting, you need to forgive yourself. You say this, say it aloud. I forgive you, Davy. You need to forgive yourself. It's just like you're saying it to somebody else. Say it out loud. There's power in it. Write it down. Put it in your phone. Apologize to the person you've wronged. Make it real. Even take some action to bless them. Receiving forgiveness from God or others can be really difficult when we hold unforgiveness towards ourselves. It can become a blockage to living this abundant life. Jesus has promised us just as much, if not more, that holding unforgiveness towards others can be worse. And didn't make sense, did it? Ah, that's the one I got wrong yesterday. Try that again. <laughs> it can become a blockage to living the abundant life that Jesus has promised us, just as much, if not more, than holding unforgiveness towards others. Does that make sense? Yeah. It might even take some more sacrifice and effort. When asked by Peter how many times we should forgive, what did Jesus say? 490. 70 times 7. Loads. And that applies to ourselves. We need to keep forgiving ourselves. You need forgiveness. I need forgiveness. We need forgiveness. We need to give and receive forgiveness. It's central to Christianity. Archbishop Desmond Tutu, have you heard of him? Yeah, South Africa, apartheid. He was there through the whole struggle. He's got a quote on forgiveness. To forgive is not just to be altruistic. It is the best form of self-interest. It's also a process that does not exclude hatred and anger. These emotions are all part of being human. You should never hate yourself for hating others who do terrible things. The depth of your love is shown by the extent of your anger. However, when I talk of forgiveness, I mean the belief that you can come out the other side a better person. A better person than one being consumed by anger and hatred. Remaining in that state locks you into a state of victimhood, making you almost dependent upon the perpetrator. If you can find it in yourself to forgive, then you're no longer chained to the perpetrator. You can move on. You can even help the perpetrator to become a better person. That's powerful. Because we know what he went through. Well, we know some of what he went through. Brenny Brown says in her book, forgiveness is not forgetting or walking away from accountability or condoning a hurtful act. It's the process of taking back and healing our lives 
so that we can truly live. The question becomes, what has to end or die so that we can experience a rebirth in our relationships? Forgiveness is about relationship. The forgiveness of God is there to be taken. It's available for every single one of us. For our past, our present and our future sin. The consequences of our sin have been paid for by Jesus. We're restored to relationship with God by choosing to believe this. The consequences of our sin in our daily life affects our relationship with God. It affects our relationship with others and with ourselves. And Jesus has given us the tools to begin the restoration and the deepening of those relationships. And this is what we're called to do as Christians. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And John, Jesus is recorded as saying, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they're retained. We are called to forgive, not to retain. We are called to forgive, not to retain. Can you stand, please? Yeah. <coughs> Close your eyes. And uh, would you come, Holy Spirit? Come, Holy Spirit.